Hey, Stuart, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So I'm a huge fan of subscription models. In fact, Smoking Hot Coffee itself is a subscription service. Uh, tell us more about why you like subscription and, and wh- how did you get into this crazy game in the first place? So those are, those are two sort of separate questions. Yeah, that I'll those answer, are, I'll answer those the, are big questions, too. I'll answer yeah. the crazy game question first. Um, Let's do that. My background is a little different probably than most folks who um, – incredibly start companies uh, in the tech space. I was an investor for a while, uh, worked at a private equity firm called TPG Capital, where you sort of write really big checks, um, you know, buying companies from VCs and sometimes even taking public companies private. Uh, then actually was a public market investor in technology companies and, and you know, was working a ton and just didn't really feel great about what I was doing and I always really cared a lot about the environment and uh, there was an idea that I'd been kicking around since college and this is like the 100% true story um, that you know when I was in college I'll admit like that I was the guy who always bought the beer and like if you're the guy who buys the beer you're the buy- guy who buys the solo cups and it always used to kill me that you'd have to buy like these plastic cups, they're petroleum based, they're not recycled, or they're never recycled, they're not compostable, they're like terrible for the environment. And oh, there's, okay. yeah, don't buy them. <laughs> um, okay. And there's, there's PLA based alternatives which are good for the environment which are cheaper but you just buy what's convenient. And so I always was like, well someday I'm going to make the most convenient option, the like default option, the one that's actually good for the environment. And I, kicked, the earth, yeah. I kicked around a lot of different business models and could never really figure out a way to do it. Um, and I guess about a year ago, I kind of finally figured it out, and uh, left left investing behind to to go start this. Um, and you know, really lucky to have an awesome team. That's sort of we've been adding to it on the way, but the core guys have been with me from the beginning and have just helped this become a reality, which is awesome. Great. All right. So, uh, really briefly, what is the product, and then we'll get into you know your subscription models in general. Yeah, so the product is, and like I'd love to at some point give you a quick product demo because it's it's better demoed than described. But okay. essentially, we ask a couple questions about you and your household and, and lifestyle, and we use that and a lot of data to help customize a subscription to household products. So you tell us how many people are in your household, how often you wash your hands, how often you cook, stuff like that. Uh, and we'll tell you how often you need everything from paper towels to dish soap to hand soap to laundry detergent. And we've created a subscription. The goal is not to send you the same thing every month. We actually ship every other month. Um, and you know we understand you need like laundry detergent much more often than you need toilet cleaner or whatever it is. Um, right. But these are all products that no one wants to think about. Um, mm-hmm. And which, you know, if you're someone like me who works a lot, most likely you're just running out, then you're running to the corner store and paying, like, way too much for them. Um, And so if you don't do anything, we'll ship it to you on the schedule that we expect. But the whole goal is to make it super easy to personalize. Um, And then the product actually has, like, a good amount of machine learning built into it so that we actually track every single interaction you make with the product and over time we get smarter. And if you're constantly telling us you don't need as much dish soap as, like, we initially thought, we'll stop trying to send you so much. Um, gotcha. All right, so th- there's a lot you just said right here, Stuart. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why, you know, I know you were environmentally conscious and you had this German idea with the beer thing. <laughs> why Why did you want to build a subscription service around household products for families or for individuals? Was it, are you trying to cater to professionals, young professionals like yourself? Like, what is this itch? Like, why you? And what, Did you see in the investment side a lot of people making money off of subscription? I'm just curious as to that. 
so I'm always conscious of the business model, um, but like the ultimate ultimate goal is really to to be a successful business, but in doing so to you know improve the sort of world that we leave behind for generations and all that good stuff. Um, but like the modern day analogy of the like solo cup is truly like you run out of whatever it is, toilet paper, you walk to the corner store, you buy like a roll of Charmin for four bucks or whatever it is, and you're overpaying, it's a pain in the butt, you ran out, and like you can't actually buy necessarily the products that you want. And so you're it's another situation and honestly one that impacts obviously many, okay. many more all people. Right. All, right. all right, so I get that. I get that. So how were you able to validate like this was a need? Did you even go through any of that? Or are you just like, you know what, this is a great idea. I'm just going to run with it. Dude, I love this question. So I'm not technical. I mean, I can write a little bit of code, but it's like terrible. Um, and But I'm really good at PowerPoint and Excel being an ex-finance guy. And so right. me and one of my partners built the product in PowerPoint and Excel wow. and literally like <laughs> went to Starbucks. We've probably given out $1,000 worth of $5 Starbucks cards. Like, and we're like, here's five. Here's a $5 Starbucks card. Like, Click through this PowerPoint. And, uh, oh, genius. Oh, I like and, that. Okay. All right. All right. So hold on. This is, this is really good. This yeah. is the gold. All right, so you had this idea. I'm gonna to try to make these household things that I probably uh, that I think is a pain in the ass. I personally, my own pain. I'm gonna build this idea out. You hooked up with a buddy of yours, and you built a PowerPoint presentation that's almost like a virtual prototype. Uh, product yeah. prototype. Like it was and good enough you... that I showed it to my mom, and she like okay. thought it was a web browser. If I showed yeah. it to you, you'd know it was PowerPoint. But like your mom might think you were on the web. So so then you're like, okay, we need to find, just beyond my mom and my buddies, I need to go out and find normal people that I don't know. So you went to Starbucks, you had your laptop, and then what, you had a bunch of these cards, and like, hey, you know, listen, I don't mean to interrupt you, what you're doing, but do you mind spending five minutes with this, and I'll give you this card? How did you pitch them, or how did you even go about all that? I was like, hey, you know, we're starting an e-commerce company. Um, would you mind taking a quick, like, run through the, this, like, prototype version of our product? And I built like the business logic, most of it up in Excel. Um, like I built a really complicated algorithm that essentially ran in Excel and spit out like a schedule of here's when stuff is going to come over the next year. And I was like, all right, in order to know that this is going to work, we need to like not just have people say, oh, this is great. We need to like have people actually give us their credit card number. Um, so we got like a couple people to give us their credit card number, and we like wrote it down. And then my lawyer was like, dude, you're going to go to jail if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we like integrated with. We got some like crappy Stripe integration done, and you know, in that first month, literally with like a PowerPoint presentation, um, you know, we got like, I don't know, thirty customers, forty customers paying wow. like an average of five hundred dollars a year. Wow. And we you're like, you're blowing my, you are blowing my mind right now. I'm sorry, man. This is just tripping me out. All right, yeah. we got to unpack this a little bit more. So yeah, you go. built this out, and you wrote the logic. Uh, just, just give me the, you know, try to put me back where you were, like. Uh, did you walk, like, you find your neighborhood coffee shop and then you just, like, scoped out some people and then you sat them down with a laptop, walked away? How did you get them to give you a credit card? I mean, how did that whole, whole thing work? I know. It's crazy, right? Like, now that I think about it, I'm like, who are those people? <laughs> I know. This is, this is insane. Yeah. Um, so, like, we started with, like, our hero screen, which is, the, like, a dashboard of, like, where you can manage your subscription. And we okay. took just that screen. We paid, like, Jordan, who I work with, used to work at Goodby Silverstein, and he got someone he worked with to, like, comp it up so it looked, it actually looked pretty good. Um, okay. Nothing like what it looks like today, but, and we showed that to people, and we're like, would you be interested in something that looked somewhat like this? And, like, okay. what do you think this even is? And, okay. like, the 20% of people who could recognize, were like, oh, yeah, that could be useful. So, 
rather than go out and try to build something that was expensive, and we just built it in PowerPoint um, using a great tool called Kinotopia, which is like twenty bucks. Like, yep. it's yep. yeah, it's terrific. Um, and we started showing the PowerPoint to people, and like at first, people had no idea what we did, and we we're like, all right, we should like put a video in the front and explain what we do, and like worked on the copy, and then people figured it out, and we, I was like, okay. You know, the only way you can really know is if people are willing to give you their credit card number. Right. And so of our like first, you know, 50 customers, all of whom were literally like they got like an Excel schedule, probably 35 were friends and family, but like five people in Starbucks were like we were always like would you want this? Like you can have them delivered on this schedule, we'll like actually do it. And like God bless San Francisco, people were like, yeah. <laughs> It was amazing. Um, and we were like, oh. Wait, so did you have an order form on this Keytopia thing where no. people typed it in? Or how did you collect the, the – because yeah, ultimately, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Stuart. A lot of people blow a lot of smoke up everybody's ass. Mm -hmm. And that, that's 90% of everybody, oh, this is great, this is wonderful. And then, you know, uh, who knows what they're really thinking. But when they give you their credit card numbers, that is really validating. Yeah. I mean, and they were paying $500 a year. And, like, of that first cohort, I think maybe – Two of the fifty people have turned off. Like they've all stayed and are still paying us, you know, a nice amount of money to buy a nice amount of product. I mean, I really believe in the service. We're like super convenient customer service. Like I'd love anyone to secret shop us and and see how good the customer service is. Um, and we're definitely cheaper than the alternatives. So you know, it's a real value proposition. But yeah, they were willing to try it and stuck with it, and it was awesome. So where did they actually fill out the actual numbers? Was it in the Keytopia? Did you sit? Did you come back a couple minutes later and say, "All right, so how, how did that go?" And no, so like we would flip to a, we would they would click through the PowerPoint, and I wish I could, I wish I could like had it prepared and could show it to you, but like click through like a fifty slide PowerPoint that looked like you were on the web, and at the end I'd like record all of their preferences because it's a funnel, and then open up an Excel document and literally punch in each of their preferences and mm -hmm. it would auto populate a one year schedule and I'd say here's your one year schedule like you can see the price here everything like that like yeah. do you want this and they'd be like I was like oh and feel free to make changes and like whatever you want and some people right. were like sure I'll give it a try and then I would send them a link which literally just they entered their email address and their credit card information and hit submit that was it. Okay. Okay. So you so you were the intermediary. Then you sent them an email link, and then on their own, maybe on their smartphone or whatever, or their laptop, they went ahead and filled it out right then or there. Yeah. Well, actually, it was like kind of hard because people, and then we'd send them the link, and they would never check out, right? Which is like we got to experience conversion rates like between like, yeah, it's good check good checkout conversion rate lesson for us too early on. But yeah, I mean enough people did that we were sort of like, wow, if people are willing to do this for a crappy Excel spreadsheet and like anytime you want to make a change you have to email us like imagine you know how much people will appreciate this when it's all automated and you can like touch your phone three times instead of having to send us an email. Yeah. Um, this is amazing, were, man. were you ever afraid that uh, your sample set in uh, up where you are wouldn't be uh, the same as around the US? I, I still am. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's right, man. There, there are some very progressive folks in yeah. uh, San Francisco. So, you, you ever think of hitting coffee shops outside San Francisco to continue testing, or are you now, uh, you know, pushing people to your homepage? Uh, so we're in like what I would describe as as public beta right now. Um, but it's the product looks, I think, pretty good, and we're like relatively close to being feature complete. And in the next couple, truly, like actually next week, we'll start trying to drive a lot more traffic. So the timing for this interview is perfect. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, so 
Uh, we hit coffee shops outside of San Francisco, like New York and other places like that. But okay. man, San Francisco is actually a tough market because a lot of people can't get delivery here. So people who like work a lot may may live in a building where it's hard for them to receive packages, and they take the bus, and they don't want to carry these types of items on the bus. And so you know that is probably the biggest reason why people in San Francisco won't do it. Um, but I was sort of like, if we're going to succeed at the scale we need to, got to figure out a way to make it work in San Francisco. Gotcha. So all right, so you got a, you got the validation, you the PowerPoint, the funnel, all that stuff is working. How long did it take you from that point to actually what we're seeing now, which is a really beautifully designed product? Thanks. Um, probably three and a half, four months. Like we had so much data, I and mean, we've probably done a thousand user tests and like have the data all cataloged, and so we just like locked the comps, provided really detailed specs in terms of functionality, like you know. I did too much code review myself, all of which has thankfully like been fixed by now. Um, and like we just we worked really hard and did a good job, like I think, in terms of feature prioritization. And yeah, um, couldn't be happier with where we are. You know? I mean, that's a that's a really fast turnaround, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of work. Dude, we hustle. Time. <laughs> yeah, and the the product looks quite beautiful. I have to say, I've been through it myself. Thanks. Thanks. So, um, all right, let, let's go back into the whole uh, validation and all of that. So have you have you gotten a few people at this public beta yet? And what, what have your early findings been? And Oh, yeah, it's terrific. Um, and we've done literally no marketing, and I actually like tell my friends not to tell people yet because a lot of the good like referral and virality stuff that we're going to build like, this week, actually, is not up yet. So mm. you know, every customer that we get now is not as it's not as easy for them to recommend it to their friends as it should be. Um, and so I want to fix that before I get lots of people in it. But we're growing 10% a week for the last couple of weeks, almost by accident. Like, it's oh, terrific. Right. Like, the, the little, like, the Stripe thing comes out. We use HipChat, and we get a little notification. I was like, who are these people? And uh, nice. which, is, which is awesome. Um, That's really great. This is, this is a common problem for a lot of people. Yeah. I, have this, I, I personally have this problem. My wife yells at me for not getting the toilet paper or whatever random stuff i got to run down a Target, and it's like the last thing I want to be doing. Um, can can so, we talk about that a little bit, the, the product and the, the competition? And you know, before we dive into the business model and stuff, you know, we usually talk web and everything. But I think the subscription delivery service really is an interesting thing. You know, I, I think it was like South Park joked about the, the milkman uh, you know, not being around anymore. The, the whole idea yeah. that I recently moved and we decided to try Amazon Prime, and I found through there that I think they actually are doing some of the uh, reoccurring um, delivery with some of the smaller items through Amazon. Um, I mean, are you finding other services doing this kind of thing, or the, how are people reacting in general? Because it's like it seems like a, 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 everyone needs this. Yeah, and what Amazon Prime? What is that? Sorry, I've never never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the reality. So this category is like one and a half percent penetrated in e-commerce versus eleven percent for your typical consumer goods category, and the reason for it is that. It's not a category that lends itself really well to e-commerce. Like if you go, so I I am a loyal method customer. I should maybe I shouldn't say that because we carry other brands on our site too. But mm -hmm. like love method. And so if I were to go to Amazon and order method hand soap, the first things that, that you get like a thousand results. Like there's like, do you want a refill? Do you want a six pack? It's just a really tough category to shop for online. Yeah, and that's so true. It's a category where our biggest competitor actually is the grocery store, is the bodega. I mean, imagine the corner store closest to your house. 
what percentage of the real estate there is dedicated to like paper towel, laundry detergent, cleaning products, stuff like that. I mean, it's just like there's a lot of sort of good evidence that even though Amazon is doing this and Soap.com is doing it and they do a really nice job for what they are, um, that this category isn't one that's really taken off in e-commerce yet. Um, so I think of our competition you know, as the way that 98.5% of the people buy these products, which is offline. Um, yeah. That said, yeah. I would love it if you did like a side-by-side -side comparison of our products to Amazon Prime. Like I would, I would love it. Um, you know, if you want to buy from Amazon, they'll, I mean, they do lots and lots of things, which are really clever, um, but they're not as, always as consumer focused in this particular category as we are. We're category specific, and so the product is built so that, you know, in order to make shipping efficient, we'll ship you like a bunch of products at the same time, as opposed to you have to buy a six pack of hand soap or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to, I don't want to knock Amazon and poke the Cobra because they're a terrific company, um, but for this particular niche, you know, we're just so much more focused on it that our experience is in a different category. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that really does provide value. I can give you know that firsthand experience of going to Amazon probably a month or and a half ago when I moved looking for method soap, like you said. And yeah, they just don't really have the exact what you're looking for. They get a lot of variations and pick this and that. The pricing is strange with the prime. You know, not everything's yeah. prime. Some things are reoccurring, and you kind of like oh, I just wanted some you know soap. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what is this? Overly complicated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, would you rather have sweet water or sea minerals? And you're like, you know, that's a tough question. Yeah. yeah. So, Stuart, I, I think you're right. This is a really a new thing for e-commerce. This whole subscription, reoccurring, certain categories I think would really work. In this case, I think your category is the, you're right on. Yeah, thanks. I mean, and, and people seem to love it, um, which is which is the best experience for us, uh, is hearing, like, great feedback from our customers. So I remember, um, I think maybe a couple of years ago, uh, a guy, I forget his name, but he did a service called Manpacks. Yeah. You've heard of him. Yeah, of course I know Manpacks. And he, and they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, the whole idea of, you know, getting underwear and socks and, you know, guy stuff. There's Dollar the Shave Club and a couple other things like that that are doing yeah. well, it seems. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about the, all of this stuff? I mean, subscription, were, were you inspired by all that and... Yeah, so I've always believed in recurring revenue models. Um, it just it makes a ton of sense from a business perspective, and if you do it really well, you can make it better from a consumer perspective. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think, I mean, you can see how well a lot of these businesses can treat their customers. They can give them better pricing. They can give them better customer service. Um, and you know, our goal is to do all of that. But we try to take it a step farther and build technology that, I mean, sort of just some of like the machine learning stuff that we do in the back end to make sure we actually learn and you know we're not trying to send you the same thing every month and you know you'll see when hopefully three or four weeks you'll be able to download our app and it's not like it's harder to buy something on the app than it is to postpone shipments because that's the most frequent behavior is hey I'm out of town like can you send it to me a week later mm -hmm. um, and so I think the more things that become automatic, the more convenient it'll be for the consumer. And I think we're in like one out in the first inning of ways that you know physical product goods are becoming sort of automatic. It seems so natural for electronics. Like I like to sometimes compare us to Square Wallet, which is yeah, there's a little bit of interaction, but like you can imagine a world where you don't even have to think about it and the payment right. just happens. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. obviously a, a big of, aspiration a for us with physical goods, but. 
a lot of the stuff is reoccurring, you know, razor blades, all this stuff, you know, you just need it and you need it on a regular schedule and there's no need to be rethinking about it and going out and getting it. Yeah, you're not really looking at the shelf trying to decide, do I want this one or that one? You just want a uh, refill. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The convenience so tell factor, us, you know, is huge. Tell us more about your team and, and you know, I know uh, you've got about, what, eight guys right now or how big is your team? Yeah, so we've got... Uh, about seven people. We've got seven people here in the U.S. Or sorry, eight people here in the U.S. and two abroad. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to the team because they are all just so awesome. Like I am so lucky that I get to work with them every day. Um, how, how did you find them, and where are they all? I mean, are you guys all at Rocket Space? I know you're out of a co-working space in San Francisco right now. Yeah, we're in Rocket Space. Um, so the guys who've been with me since like we were working in my apartment, uh, are a guy named Jordan Savage who. Is someone I've known, a friend I made in San Francisco, but knew him a little bit, like even back when we were went to like rival high schools, um, and just sort of kept in touch. And he worked at Goodby Silverstein, which is an advertising agency, had a good feel for a lot of the digital marketing stuff that was going on, and does a really nice job with UI UX for us. Um, and he was the first guy to be like, I believe in this, let's go. Uh, and then another guy, Chris Clark, who joined us recently, uh, was previously the director of product and engineering at a startup called Kaggle, which is doing just fantastic things uh, in the big data and machine learning space. And Chris runs product and engineering for us. And I went to high school with Chris. We were like on the debate team together. And uh, yeah, he moved out to San Francisco about a year and a half ago. And, you know, from like, he was the guy who taught us to user test. He was the one who was like, you know what you should do? Go to Starbucks and show people this. Okay. And, uh, and you know, we're thrilled to have him on the team full time. Um, and How are you, are you funded or are you putting, how are you paying all these guys? Uh, yeah, so we, we've raised a couple of seed rounds um, okay. from some really exceptional angels. Um, we haven't, we've deliberately done as very little PR um, because I'm a big believer that PR for PR's sake is really just a distraction and that, I don't know if you might have heard, there's like decent amount of hype sometimes in Silicon Valley and oh, that, yeah. that that I think can be a distraction from building great product. Um, okay. So, you know, we so, raised, so a, couple you raised a couple of seed rounds. All right, I want to talk about this because this is near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. How did... How did you get that first initial raise? Did you have a prototype ready? Did you, did you have video of you guys in Starbucks and the good responses showing the funnel? How did that all that work out? So the initial raise was done primarily you know, in action and in other contexts, albeit. And we're sort of like, this guy is going to make it work. And, you know, it's it, people say it's all about the people and it's all about the network. And these guys just, like, believed it. Wait, 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 hold on. So how did you even meet and, these uh, guys? And so so they wrote checks your... really early on. And... Sorry, go ahead. Was this part of your previous investing? When you... I mean, how did you meet your initial... So our largest initial investor is a firm called Fleming Corp, uh, which is run by someone who I brought into a deal when, for sort of through a, a different entity when I was at TPG. And we worked really closely on that deal for a year totally different okay. context. It was a large satellite communications company. Um, gotcha, gotcha. So you had that relationship, so that helps. Yeah, obviously. helped huge. a ton. And then the yeah, second yeah. sort of larger round was we had data from these, you know, I guess it was 50 alpha customers and had data, had a prototype, were generating revenue and, you know, 
to like look these are the unit economics and you know right. our ARPU's come down from the five hundred dollars a year but not by that much it's sort of like you know this is actually a really compelling business model and we've got good people here and we were on our way to having the web product built at that point and yeah folks were willing to get involved which is terrific and again like, did, so did, grateful to all of our angels did you did you try doing a lot of prospecting on angel list or how did you get that second batch or how did you reach out to these who do you know who to reach out to um so I think if you have a good product and a good idea, people are happy to recommend you around. And so we hit the number that we were going for, and I just sort of stopped. But it was literally like one guy was like, oh, you know, I'm in, and you know who else might be good? This other person that I'm friends with. And so they just sort of passed it around. Um, and, you know, we got seven or eight guys on board for the amount that we needed and sort of closed it up. And I didn't do any prospecting on AngelList because – Fundraising can be a huge distraction. Oh mm -hmm. yes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're a product-focused company. What, what what are you guys? Uh, what are we looking at? Are we looking at about a million, five hundred thousand. Can you give us a in between range here? In between those. Two. In between. Okay. Well, well, congratulations on that, man. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds yeah, like it was huge. a pretty easy sale. Like uh, you know, you've got uh, people believe in the vision, and you had the unit economics, and you even had some customers getting on board. Uh, you know, looks like. Uh, pretty, you know, everyone can understand the need for this product, right? Yeah, I mean, like, there, I have war stories, just like everyone else, you know, of guys who are in, and they're out, and then, but, you know, on the whole, I think, you know, the community here is terrific, and uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, if you can get in front of someone, and, and just two good people talking about business, it's it's easy enough to find ways to work together. Mm -hmm. How about uh, the the vision? Did you adjust it at all on your journey to get this far? I mean, it's so clean and pristine and seems so simple. Uh, the concept that you know most consumers can understand. But did you make any adjustments to it along the way, or learn anything, or have any failures, and that were like, oh man, I got to change this? Oh yeah, I mean, we were going to sell solo cups, right? Okay. <laughs> and uh, no, the first version of the company actually, and what I pitched our some of our first investors was actually as like a a multi-level marketing business is a direct selling business where people were really motivated by the green element. I was like, oh, people who are you know, environmentally conscious like me are constantly telling people to do environmentally conscious things. They'll just like tell people about it. Uh, and then we tested like how well the eco like angle worked and it tested terribly. It's like oh. people are just not motivated by it. So, you know, our site has almost has very little language about the fact that everything we sell is sustainable and, you know, we have a really high bar in terms of both product efficacy and impact for everything we sell. But this is a good story. We had um I'll give a shout to uh to Jenna, who was an intern with us last year from Stanford, who was terrific, put together this great infographic showing how much a family of four saves by switching to sustainably produced paper products. And it's like astounding. It's like enough landfill space to cover a football field, you know, right. 1,200 solar panels worth of energy for a day, 5,000 oh, no. bottles of Poland Spring, like just shocking stuff. Yeah, it's probably somewhere on our on our blog. Um, and we tried to, we switched, like, there's a point in the flow where you go from picking soap to picking paper, and a lot of people weren't choosing paper. We were like, oh, we'll put up this infographic. It'll really convince people. And it just right. performed terribly. And so we, huh. we, we switched that infographic for just a giant arrow, just like literally a giant arrow that said like, want paper? Question mark? Click. And like the next button next, next to it. And the giant arrow killed the infographic. <laughs> killed it. 
As, as oh my god, me. that that is surprising, man. Because I, every time I wipe my ass, I'm always thinking, <laughs> God, all this all this landfills I'm probably filling. Uh, I wish there was a more healthy way, and you know, uh, you know, a good way to, for the for the planet. Well, you're but, probably uh, thinking like, if I'm going to protect the planet, I'm going to enjoy this wipe a lot less. And like, I don't want that <laughs> entering your mind. I just want you to be like, man, this is convenient. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, convenience is definitely huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's get into it really briefly, if you can. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can screen share and let, let's let's check out this UI and. Totally. Let me see if I can uh, if I'm tech savvy enough to pull it up here. All right. Can you guys can you guys see this? Uh, not yet. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Cool. Let me see if I can actually click into that window here. There we go. So you guys seeing my mouse on this? Sorry. I'm definitely seeing it. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. So I'm happy to walk through the flow and give you some of the some of the thinking. But maybe uh, if one of you guys wants to sort of answer the questions, you know, as we go through it, that'll make it a little more interactive. Sure. Yeah. Cool. So, is it helpful for me to just walk through or give a little bit of the thinking behind each page? I'm happy to do it. Uh, let's do both. Let's do a walk through and maybe uh, do a little bit of thinking behind. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is basically just to give folks a sense of what's going on. Um, and there are a lot of people out there. It's a, it is a, a relatively complex product if you're not quite sure what to expect. Um, so, you know, we've tested. This is probably the most tested page on the site. You know, what actually shows people what they're getting into. Um. Okay. And your email address. So here's where we collect demographic information, and okay. I'm happy to uh, enter. People over two years old. So there's nobody under or over two. Sorry, two two people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nope. You're going to be revealing some personal demographic information to your user. I hope that's okay. That's fine. How many, uh, let's say I've got two, two bathrooms. Uh, 2549. Every day you wash. Oh my god. Uh, three times, I guess? Four? I, I, I don't know. Clean enough. I'll just close that I'm eh, just so no one feels bad. Je Jeff, uh, you were not hearing your audio, by the way. You're... I don't know why, for some reason, you're kind of muted. Say something. Yeah, you, I think you got me. Oh, there we Sorry, go. I think I had my okay. Okay. All right, Jeff, why don't you uh, take over here? Yeah, so uh, at least two or four times. Cool. So the goal with that is to give us like a sense for who we're actually talking to so that we can use the data that we have to predict an accurate schedule. So these are the brands that we offer. They're all awesome. Um, for the sake of just sort of smooth going through the flow a little bit, I'll uh, I'll choose one for you. Okay. And and real quick, the uh, the Q and A wizard we just went through was what you had done previously in Excel, right? Yeah, and Pretty it looks, I mean, shockingly similar. This looks much That's better. Amazing. That's really great though yeah. that you were able to build all that out in Keytopia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is a lot of a lot of a lot of time in PowerPoint, but uh, yeah. I bet, yeah, yeah. So on this page, you actually remove the items that you don't want, and the reason that we start with more items is because what we 
actually do is make consumers really valuable customers to brands, which allows us to give them more savings. Um, and so the more products you buy, the actually the better you are, a better user of our service you are, the more money you save, the more time you save. So our goal is really to help people use the products better. Um, and so you click through here and you can remove the products you don't want. If this were me, I, I don't use fabric softener. These are terrific, by the way. If you don't use them, smell amazing. Um, the liquid dryer sheets? Yeah, they are. Okay. New product. Excellent. Yeah, I was actually wondering how that worked. It seemed like uh, untraditional. It is a little non-traditional. That's cool. Um, I love method stuff, though, as well. I think I watched an interview with those guys uh, at some point, and it's a really great company. Great company. Yeah, they're the best. Um, so, yes, yeah, so click through here. You can choose your scents. Um, and so this is another one that we spent a lot of time on. Um, most people will select vari variety and one or two others, so we know what their favorites are, but, like, everyone likes surprises. Um, so this is actually an interesting point here. We ha we thought about we thought about doing something to prioritize new bottles because that obviously has better economics for us. Um, mm. But ultimately, you know, settled on like the company's mission is to shrink the footprint of American households, and right. it's better for our customers and it's better for the planet to go with refills. And so you can obviously like the refills copy is much more compelling. And so most people, you know, I I don't know what the penetration of refills in the U.S. population is, but I'd imagine it's pretty low, and through our site, a lot of our customers do choose refills, which is right. which is great. Yeah. Um, I'll speed through paper brand, say, uh, like, whatever, I don't buy paper towels. Um, so this is where I'll let, I'll let you guys watch it. So an algorithm in the background just predicted what you want. Um, or what? Sorry, when you when you're going to need it, and you can see down here you save about $113 versus list price, um, and your costs two dollars and sixty-three cents a week per person for all this stuff. And you know we're super flexible. If you want to change the date, go in here and change the date. Um, delivery date. If you want to change quantities, it's easy enough. Wow. Very beautiful and simple. Yeah, I love this Thanks. UI, man. It's really nice. Thanks. Yeah, we're we're pretty psyched on it. Um, so you can see there's like a full year of shipments built out for you, and uh, you know if you're like, oh, I I want this service, but I already have dish soap this month. Like, send it to me in December. Mm -hmm. It's easy enough. Just snap it right in. Very so, cool. yeah, and that's basically it. Wow. So, um, how much of you? I mean, I know you don't have a, a ton of people running through this, so you can't tell right now. But what are some of the early adjustments you've made that people haven't been using or? So I mean, we've had Surprises. enough people through to make like real adjustments, um, and we, you know our oldest cohort's about nine months old at this point. And like I will tell you, our oldest cohort got like probably three times as much stuff as they needed, like literally probably three times. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the biggest adjustment was in terms of quantity. Um, okay. We've made you know some other tweaks around what sense we offer. Uh, we've made tweaks around delivery schedule. At first, we were delivering. Soap every two months, or paper every two months, excuse me, and like soap products every three, um, and we simplified it down to every other month, um, and you know we've made a ton of little tweaks here and there just to make it easier for the user to understand what to do. Um, okay. But the core functionality was all really well tested out in uh, in the PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Cra crazily enough. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's great. You How didn't have to do too much adjustment then once you get to the you actually built the product. Yeah. So um, when we're going through initially and picking the brands, have you considered putting a little bit of um, content 
regarding each brand. So if you wanted to learn about the differences between method, or yeah. So funny you should ask. Like you know, here we are. You can see your impact score, health score, um, and you can go and you can click in and see a little more details on each brand. Um, oh, okay. And you can kind of see how they compare to each other and how they compare to a generic. Um, wow. So the um, let's talk about the value proposition. On the last page, you got some very clear um, price savings and that sort of thing. And you're having us choose a brand sort of to be loyal to. Are you guys partnering with these brands? And how's that working out to that's, optimize that's, the business? Exactly. That's exactly what happens. So you know, we offer a really compelling price point, and the reason that we can do that is that we partner with the brands and create really loyal customers. Um, and so, you know, it's a lot to try to explain that to a consumer. Um, and so, you know, honestly, we're still working on that messaging and getting that messaging dialed in. But that's exactly the business model, right? We create customers that are differentiated in terms of how valuable they are to brands, and so the brands are willing to treat those customers better, and you know it's it's just a better relationship for everyone. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, we can cut back to you now. I think we definitely get a understanding of your app. Cool. Yeah, just one more time to say how beautiful uh, it really is. I love uh, the all the call to actions and the the value savings in the bottom. It looks like you guys have really done a, a great job, and uh, I'm sure you've run, like you said, thousands of tests against some of this stuff to to really optimize it. Thanks so much, Jeff. I, I really appreciate it, and I'll pass it along to Jordan and Daniel, who've worked so hard on this. Um, yeah, like, I know how really, it is. It's really proud of work. it. Front-end work is uh, grueling often, and you, it's hard to tell how much work went into it when it looks so clean and simple in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, he's he's absolutely right. Um, so let's talk about the where you're taking this, and in the next few weeks here when you're launching this out of public beta, what are you, what are you going to be your initial customer acquisition channels? Are you going to spend some money in advertising? Yeah, we'll spend a little bit of money in advertising to try to drive traffic. Um, but our primary channel is word of mouth and we've been really quiet uh, with our customers so far and asking our customers to talk about us and we've had inquiries from a lot of really great bloggers uh, um, you know, who sort of said, hey, you know, love to write about you when the time is right. And so for us, you know, I, I really believe in the product and I think it's something that people will recommend to their friends and that they are now even sort of to totally like we're not asking. There's no referral system. Um, we're putting one in place, but we don't have it today and people are still telling their friends. So, you know, the goal is to build a product, you know, just like everyone else that that has real virality. Um, and I think the only way we can generate that is with utility. Um, and by making it really easy for people to tell their friends. So over the next few weeks, you know, we'll push out sort of selectively, slowly at first, um, and sort of let it grow naturally. And then, sorry, go ahead. Well, well uh, you have uh, Facebook authentication, I think, in the beginning. So you're going to start pulling people's friends and then maybe saying, hey, pick your top three friends for a discount or... Yeah, we'll do stuff like that. Um, we certainly, to be clear, you know, the the data that we take from Facebook is relatively innocuous, and you know, we'll never aggressively run any campaigns without on Facebook targeting people's friends, and we'd never, you know, blast directly to someone's friend unless that person, um, you know, wanted basically made the blast for us. Um, you know, we're we're super serious about treating our customers as well as possible, and obviously privacy is like number one there. Um, right. But yeah, there are some really interesting things we can do uh, in terms of Facebook and loyalty when, when folks have their networks sign up. And so that's going to be the biggest thing for us because 
you know that's that is sustainable long-term growth. All of the tech crunch and all of the publicity and you know, thank you, yeah. smoking hot coffee audience. Right. I would love it if all of you guys would sign up today. Um, right. But you know, the the best customers that we can get are going to be customers telling their friends. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Uh, let's talk about the paid channels. I, what are you thinking about throwing some money into first? Um, so I'll give a, a shout to a good friend of mine here at Rocket Space named Juni Ham, who came from Airbnb, who's been really helpful thinking about uh, how to do acquisition in transitional channels. Um, and so you know, Facebook is a, is a great channel to get people to go and check out your site. But if I'm cruising Facebook, odds are I'm not in the, mentality, in the mindset of, oh, I'm about to pull out my credit card. Um, right. So I think we'll probably do primarily traditional Google channels. Um, we'll probably be more focused on search than display, because you know even if it's a really cool picture and you click on it, you're like, oh, this is neat. Um, right. You know, you're a lot less intent oriented than if you're searching method ends up on Google. Yeah. A lot of a lot of keywords on search are, are pretty expensive. It's a very mature channel. How are you gonna? Optimize, or are you going for certain keywords that people aren't looking at? Have you looked into that at all? Yeah, we've done some testing, um, and we're happy with where our, our sort of CPC is. Um, you know, look, it's on the it's incumbent on the product to drive conversions, absolutely. Um, right. And you know, we have an advantage in that our customers are long-term customers, and so right. because of that, we can pay a little bit more to acquire them. Yeah, you can pay a little bit more because mm -hmm. you got that recurring revenue. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But honestly, yeah, the way yeah. I think about it is, I want to spend as little money as I can acquiring the customer, so that I can spend more giving them stuff. Um, like you get a free gift in your first shipment, you get another one after six months. I'm giving away all these Easter eggs, but like we do, we try to like really do things for our customer that someone like Amazon would never do, just because they're they're too big, and we can have that personal relationship. All right, that's no, that cool. that's it. Yeah, use your smallness in that exactly, regard. and your focus on that specific vertical. Um, so, what other channels? I'm sorry, Jeff, really quick. I just want to explore if you guys are even looking at other paid channels besides P CPC. I mean, those are the big ones for us. Um, and the the you'd mentioned something about the bloggers. Yeah, I don't think of that as a paid channel. Um, I mean, we'll certainly you know do it what every little company does and think about creative partnerships with folks. Um, but you know, ultimately, we want people using our product because they believe in it. Um, and you know, we're lucky to have a couple of bloggers who've proactively reached out, signed up, tried the product, like the service. Um, and so, you know, those are the those are the types of people that we really want um, on our side. Uh, I, you know, I feel like everyone here like loves what they're doing, and, and we have a a real like so much pride in uh, in where we are and what we've built and the level of service we provide. You know, I'd rather have that be our value proposition to the community of pundits than what I mean. We're small, right? We can't pay that many dollars, and so, you know, I'd I'd rather give that money to a customer um, in savings or or whatever it is, um, as opposed to pay a blogger. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. How about uh, you've had so many you've had enough people run through the product? What are some of the most wild feedback or unexpected uh, you know uh, uses of the product that you've had? Uh, I think that probably the the most Unexpected is how well it's taken in a couple of retail stores. Um, so I'll give a shout to Taylor Stitch in San Francisco, uh, to Marine Layer that's in San Francisco and now Venice and opening in Portland, um, all of whom use the product and love it. Um, you know, and so for, you're talking about small businesses like brick and mortar exactly, places. Exactly, and they're willing to go through the like user flow, which is clearly not designed for a business. Like, how many babies do you have in your business? Like, probably not many. <laughs> um, right. And they're willing to go through it because the 
convenient for someone who, you know, for Marine Lair has a couple stores and there's one guy who makes sure all of them has all of this stuff. And for him to be able to go in and manage it in like five minutes as opposed to having to like even think about who's going to run and get this stuff at the different stores, um, right. you know, it's it's been terrific for them. And it's been a total use case that, you know, I thought was going to be a really corner case, um, but those guys have really been enjoying it. And like, well, this whole B, this whole B two B could be a really big uh, win for you guys. Yeah, it spreads a little more slowly um, than than B two C, and so our our primary focus is still definitely on the consumer. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're thrilled with our business customers, and you know, we provide them a, a higher level of service. Uh, I guess they're just a little more high touch. I shouldn't say a higher level of service. Because um, everybody gets, you know, as much service as we can possibly give, um, and so, you know, the B two C model has as it gets to scale a little bit more quickly. To be candid, um, but yeah, any businesses that want to sign up, send me an email, sladpantry.com. So, Stuart, uh, I know we've been on here for a little bit, so we don't have a ton of time, but I just want to. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about your company and your journey, and it, a lot of it feels very rosy and warm and good stuff. Talk to us about the setbacks and the failed frustrations, and how did you overcome some of them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, the biggest one was, you know, at first we raised $300,000, a little more than that. And, you know, before you have any money, you're like, oh, that's terrific, right? It's going to last so long. We'll get there. And then you get into actual product development. And it is hard, like really hard. And, you know, there was certainly a moment there, you know, in the early stages of, like, bringing our product to Starbucks when people were like, I don't get it. What is this? And we're like, you know, we were still okay, but we were looking at what our bank balance be like, we're going to have a really tough time getting anything reasonable built. Um... And you know that was that was just really tough. There were a couple of days you can imagine. You know, you go in and you get feedback from someone in Starbucks, and they're like, "Why would I use this?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Well, this," and they're like, "Well, can't I just do that on Amazon?" It's like right. you hear that enough times in a day. You know, talking to customers is tough. Um, mm-hmm. And so there were some. I have to give Jordan a lot of credit. You know, he was with us from the beginning, and the guy is a true believer. Like the guy you want next to you in a foxhole, and. Um, you know, pulled me through that. But the toughest thing is getting negative user feedback day after day after day and knowing that you don't have, like, the resources to make a big pivot, the resources to, to really push it through. Um, right. that's, that was the hardest stuff. Um, right. And so having that co-founder, having your buddy there uh, really helps. Yeah. In that oh, absolutely. you got to like the people you work with. Um, yeah. The true believers, right? And be like, all right, we're going to make this happen. I don't care. Yeah, just be like, dude, it's it's okay. It happens to everyone. Stuff stuff's still great. Like, yeah, you got to be able to keep your head on straight, right? Without being like too reactionary to bad news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, how many days in a row did you hear the? Well, I can, I can do this on Amazon. Why, why does this exist? <laughs> probably like, probably got it for like three weeks straight before we got someone who was like, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to like buy from you. I was like, wow. oh my god! And like the worst thing, like the worst thing, you can do, like take it to your friends. And you're like, guys, you guys are buying like soap and toilet paper anyway. Just like try our service. And they're like, yeah. I don't really understand it. And you're like, dude, you're my friend. Just buy it from me. I know, I like, know, I know. No. Help me out, man. Yeah. And they're like, right. sorry. And it's like, oh. And I mean, a lot of our right. friends have been super supportive, but like, there was yeah. a good three or four week stretch where we just got no's from everyone, including our friends. And 
How do you deal with that? I mean, just like on a, you know, forget the business, just as an entrepreneur on an emotional level with your friends, not really being on the same page with you. Oh, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> like, uh, but the the really nice thing I think in San Francisco, and you know, everyone's got their own network, but the vast majority of people and the people who are closest to you are generally willing to be supportive and stick by you. And you gotta have good partners. Um, you gotta have good partners if they're investors or co-founders or just you know significant others. Like you gotta have someone who just like go home at the end of the day and like you know they believe and are not gonna are not gonna jump ship. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's like it's terrible. Dude, so three weeks of like, uh, what is this? Amazon's already doing this. What are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, that must have been rough, man. Yeah, I know it doesn't sound bad, but like. You get that feedback. It's like three weeks, but it's like 50 people in a row say stuff like that to you. It starts to shake your confidence a bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked to other companies that were that went up against like Google Analytics or other products. I mean, it's it's frightening to go up against the the 800-pound gorilla. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And listen, man, more power to you going up against the Amazons. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. <laughs> we'll see how we do. It's. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. We do what we we really love. So. I'm sorry, I cut easier. you off. You were about to say something. Oh, I was just saying, like, you know, it's uh, since we're doing something that we love, like, it's, um, you know, whether you're competing with Amazon or just getting told you shouldn't compete with Amazon, it, like, it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, like, such yeah. a cliche, but yeah, no, I, so it's I'll really add true. to the pile of cliches. Right, right, right. No, it's absolutely true. Um, so uh, I'm really uh, happy that we had you on today, man. It's been it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Awesome. It's a great um, thing that you guys do for the startup community. I really appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and having me on the show. Absolutely. It's our pleasure to highlight the you know great startups and entrepreneurs out there that are hustling and doing it. You know, It's no easy task, right? So we love no, to support isn't. you guys. No, it isn't. If you had any final parting words for struggling entrepreneurs out there uh, battling a big guy or a small guy, what would you say? I would say... Get as many people involved as you can. You never know like which ones are going to be valuable. It's been really surprising to me, like the people who I thought were going to be like a tiny player, who've ended up being huge contributors. Um, and yeah, I mean, like just remember I just, it's I fun. Dig into, I want to dig into yeah. that. When you say reach out and to get many people involved, in what aspects should we get other people involved in our ventures? I'd say whatever aspects you're weak, like don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I'd never built a product before, and I reached out to Chris, who now works with us, and said, "Hey, man, can you teach me a little bit about product management?" Um, he's a world-class product manager, and you know, just you know, got there him are a lot of uh, there are a lot of one-man operations that are trying to do it all themselves, and you're saying don't do that. I mean, don't do that. Like, there's so many people who want to help and really good but maybe not that senior or have time you know and you know if you're if you're a good guy and you treat people well like they'll be they'll want to work with you I mean another piece of advice I'd give is like don't be stingy with equity like people really appreciate it and you know it always helps when everyone's on the same team yeah absolutely good piece of advice for both Um, so alright cool well thanks so much for coming on Stuart it's been an absolute pleasure man and we're definitely going to keep in touch and see how things are running in three months and six months awesome yeah I'd love to love to be back on the show anytime you guys will have me and again think what you're doing is awesome so it's uh, I'm in good company I know that and, and very much appreciate the chance to, to talk to uh, the smoking hot coffee sphere out there and, uh, and with you guys
Awesome. Great. Well, we wish you uh, the best of luck, and everyone that's listening should definitely go check out epantry.com. Definitely. And, and if Absolutely. people want to get a hold of you, a... what? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm SL, like Stuart Landisberg, at epantry.com. Um, yeah, appreciate any feedback. Like, we learn best from, like, customers and people on our site, and so we we love any any and all feedback. So thanks so much for the support. That's great. Really appreciate it, Stuart. Have a great day. All right. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Great talking Bye. to you. You too.